Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. You might uh, notice that I'm not Key Reese, the normal co-host of this show. I'm Claire Stevens. I'm the editor at Mamma Mia. I'm Laura Brodnick, the entertainment editor of Mamma Mia. I nearly forgot my title then. And look, I made a joke last week about the fact we bumped Key off the Friday show so we could talk Bachelor. And I'm going to make it again because you know what? It makes her really upset. <laughs> So in today's deep dive, we need to have a word about the recent slut shaming on The Bachelor. But first, the entertainment headlines you need to know today. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So Katy Perry is having a pretty busy week. So she has delivered both a baby and a new album in this one week. She and her fiancé, Orlando Bloom, announced the birth of their daughter, Daisy Dove Bloom, via a statement to international charity UNICEF, which they both do a lot of work for. And they talked about the fact that they are floating safely in love with the healthy arrival of their daughter and then went on to talk about how so many children come into the world in a less privileged position. So I thought that was quite a, quite a nice and unexpected way for them to announce the birth of little Daisy Dove. I actually really cared because a few months ago she was hanging out with Fifi Box and she was sitting there with Fifi Box's two daughters and on her lap was a little Daisy who is Fifi Box's daughter and I'm obsessed with Daisy. I know you are and I can see why I can see. So when Katy Perry announced that that's what she had chosen for her daughter's name I was like obviously you saw the cutest baby in the world and you knew you just had to steal that name in the hopes that your baby will be one tenth of what little Fifi Box's baby is like but apparently it also comes from her album. There's a few references to Daisy in there so apparently it's been a plan for a while. Also in news today, You're Doing Amazing Sweetie is the latest catchphrase that the Kardashians have barred the world from using or at least they're trying to. Kim, you're doing amazing sweetie. So the idea is that Kris Jenner would be able to use it on merchandise and use it for a book. It's like, are you going to write a book on that? Because I don't think that you are. I think you've got enough things going on. But it all dates back to that 2007 episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians and Kim was on the set of a Playboy shoot. And I remember and it well. I remember it well. <laughs> Chris was just like, you're doing amazing, sweetie, with like an actual camera. And it was hilarious because it's like, that's not the context. My mum would choose to give me positive reinforcement but you know this family is a bit different what do you reckon Laura well the Kardashian family particularly Kris Jenner is all about that bottom line and bringing in those dollar bills and usually they preemptively trademark things that's often how we know the names of their children before they're released is because they go ahead and trademark them and any variations of them before they announce them and even something like Kim Kardashian got in hot water a little while ago for trying to pre-trademark the name Kimono which obviously has a very rich heritage away from her shapewear line there was an issue there but this phrase it's over 15 years old 
So she must have somehow realized that other people are profiteering from it and making money from it. And so they've tried to bring it into their trademark circle. So, you know, it's all about the money with this family, which I respect. Up next, we deep dive into the latest controversy from the 2020 season of The Bachelor. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So we need to talk about the slut shaming on this season of The Bachelor because that conversation is really ramped up because of last night's episode. But first, let's just have a little bit of a recap of what happened last night. So Irina went on her date with Lockie and they went fencing. They're clearly very much in love. She's the clear front runner. Then they play a weird compatibility game in the mansion and it was really awkward because the women are just in clear factions. So they all hate each other. It's really, really clicky. And then it got to the cocktail party and all hell broke loose. So Charlie, who's one of the contestants, she decided she's not getting any time with Lockie. And so she decided to almost make her own date, which we haven't really seen before. And so middle of a cocktail party, she grabs Lockie and has a mud bath. He strips off, she strips off. They've got mud in their hair. It's really confusing because then they come back to the cocktail party fully dressed and groomed and it's like, did you have a shower? Very odd. But people got very, very angry, especially Roxy. Then we had this Laura whinging about the dress code and how it's fancy and it's not meant to be about bikinis. So there was a little bit of slut shaming there. But where it got really bad was that Caitlin took Lockie aside and she kissed him. And then she came back and she told people. And Roxy, a lot of things came out of her mouth that were not okay. She's kissing him. She's going in with a kiss. That's pretty, like, I'm sorry, but I think that's really rude for everyone else. What do you mean? Because you kiss someone at a cocktail party. That's really rude. I just pegged. Like, it was just like, I go with the flow. Dude, that is so disrespectful. All of us girls are sitting in the house. I would never in a million years do that at a cocktail party. Classless. Classless. Don't go in for it. No, but don't go in for it because it's disgusting. It was just absolutely absurd. Everyone was crying at one point. But basically the conversation has turned to the slut shaming and how this season more than ever we are seeing this play out. And we did see it last season with Abby Chatfield. She kissed Matt at a cocktail party and got slammed for it. But it just seems to be happening more and more regularly this season. Yeah, I think that slut shaming conversation was definitely the prevalent point last night from like all the people who are watching the show and then putting their thoughts on social media. I just wonder if maybe this season people were more primed to walk away with a negative thought. Because as you're saying, last year with Abby Chatfield, and she actually she um, got on her Insta stories last night and talked about this and said that even though she's not watching the show because she finds it very triggering, it was like a slap in the face to notice how the same 
same thing has happened two years in a row, but the difference around it. And it's true if you go back and look at the um, memes that were circulating last year and the tweets that went out about Abby when she kissed Matt at that cocktail party. It's almost like the audience were having the conversation that the women are having in the house now, but now because they can see the other side of it, they're calling it out for what it is, which is slut shaming. I just feel like maybe the audience has just changed over time and The Bachelor is not doing anything so different this year. I know. I think the other thing is that you're seeing these comments take place. So you're seeing somebody like Roxy yell at this other woman. There's a point last night where she stormed out of the room and yelled, you got your fake tits and your fake hair and your fake eyelashes and she just storms out and there's nobody challenging her. There was a line about you're so plastic that if I set you on fire, you'd bloody burnt or something like that. Yes, really intense language, which like maybe has happened in the house before, but they've never shown that because I think it all comes down to, like you were saying before, the producers of the show have decided like at the beginning, obviously they've looked at the footage and like this is the angle we're taking. We're going hard on these different storylines this year. And so we're going to, for the first time, really blow it out and show exactly what's happening. They're getting rid of all like the quirky characters and that sort of stuff this year. So you're either one of the wifeys, which is Irina and Bella, or you're one of the bitches, which is everyone else in the house. So they're very indistinguishable from each other this year, I find, because they're not allowed to have personalities aside from being villains. One of them's like, you know, is this a funeral or a cocktail party? There's so many tears. And I was like, yes, that is the vibe. It's like watching a really sad, trashy funeral. And then I thought the tears felt so awkward just a short time later when they're at the so the rose ceremony happens and two people get sent home and then Osha comes out and he's like, oh, FYI the World Health Organization has announced that there's a global pandemic and then there's tears. And I'm like, notice how you were crying before because other people were hanging out with your shared boyfriend and now you're crying because it's a global pandemic and millions of people are going to die. Like that is not... You, you yeah, they're on the same, same level. <laughs> <laughs> so this season it's feeling really uncomfortable and it's just not getting called out by anyone on the show and that's almost what's making us call it out. Do you think in some ways that the tone needs to be set by the bachelor or bachelorette? But I feel like last year with Matt, even though he was a bit of a he was a bit of a drip to be honest. Am I am I getting that right? Yeah. A few times though, when he saw like bad behaviour at cocktail parties, he would like call out a little bit and be like, I heard this person said this or don't say that, that kind of thing. Like I might be giving him too much credit, but I feel like he kind of put that energy out there. And so that became a bit more of the energy at the parties. And I feel like even Angie Kent was saying on her Instagram stories last night and she was like oh I kiss people at cocktail parties I did that all the time that was totally fine but I think because Lockie isn't for some reason this year The Bachelor is not the star of his own show whether that's because he is just coming across that way on camera and there's not enough interesting footage of him to use or whether the production team have made a really calculated choice to hero the female villains in the show this time around but it doesn't even feel like his love story or that he's got any control or presence in the man so there's no one setting the tone for how the show is going to go forward and therefore it's kind of just run ragged. Like people were saying on Twitter last night, like, didn't this show used to have a dude in it? It doesn't feel like he's the boss. And I think part of it is that he's almost too nice. So he doesn't call anything out and there are crazy people who do crazy things and he's like, ha, hilarious. 
Yeah, he actually like, seems a little, I mean, look, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I actually did feel a little sorry for him last night, which is something I never thought I'd say, because he was just walking and, you know, everyone's grabbing at him and he's like apologizing, like, I'm so sorry. I know Irene's got a rose, but I just want to talk to her for a second. Is that okay? And he's looking really fearful. And I just think that I can just imagine him like in his little bachelor solo house, getting ready to go to a cocktail party and putting his suit on and being like, oh my God, I'm about to walk into this room of screaming, crying women and they're all going to grab at me and they're all fighting and I just I did Survivor and I did not sign up for this second round of bullshit is I feel the look on his face every time he walks into a cocktail party yep in my opinion this show cannot go into lockdown soon enough I finished my work week on my couch ordered some food it's time for weekend watch our recommendations of what to watch this weekend okay now on to one of our very favorite segments of the week weekend watch where we talk about the tv shows and movies you need to be watching this weekend and Claire Stevens I know that you have an oldie but a goodie to share with us I do. So I've been through a phase recently of watching actual shows about American politics. So I watched The Clinton Affair. I went down a weird rabbit hole of watching every documentary that exists about Donald Trump. But what I realised is that I need funny, fictional American politics in my life when the world is on fire. So I have gone back to my gal, Leslie Nope. So I have been watching Parks and Rec. It's on Stan. And the best thing about this show is that it is seven seasons. It's 125 episodes. You just don't run out for a really long time. And it's always been a bit of a comfort show for me, but I've started to revisit it purely for distraction and just to get my mind off everything that's going on in the world right now. But every time I revisit it, I'm surprised by things I didn't notice the first time. Like, I can't get over that it's Chris Pratt and that he's a different human. Like, people need to acknowledge that more, that Chris Pratt became a different human. It's got such great actors and it's a really, it's like a throwback to simpler times. Like, Aziz Ansari wasn't, wasn't problematic yet. (laughs) And we've got Ron Swanson, who is just a ridiculous man who's just simple and doesn't want anything to change and it's hilarious because we all have those people in our workplaces and my favorite characters have always been Ben Wyatt who's played by Adam Scott and Chris Traeger who's played by Rob Lowe and they're just the weirdest friends but if you want to watch something that just really takes you out of this moment and puts you into a different world where things are funny and the biggest thing to worry about is the pit outside of Anne's place. You need to go back to Parks and Rec. Good recommendation. And there's so many seasons on stand to watch so you can easily lose a whole weekend watching that. Yes. On a slightly different but still heartwarming note, my recommendation is the new Stan original movie, I Am Woman, which has premiered today. It tells a story of Australian musician Helen Reddy, who I think um, a lot of people, especially our generation, would very much know her as the woman who sung I Am Woman, but not much other than that. So this movie really fleshes out her life story. So the movie was shot in Australia and directed by Australian director Anju Moon. And um, Anju actually met Helen Reddy at By Chance that next to her at an event in LA a few years ago and got talking to her and knew her music but didn't know her life story that she was born into this showbiz family in Australia and then in her early 20s she won a talent competition in Australia which flew her to New York so she packed up a suitcase her three-year-old daughter Tracy because she was a single mother had $200 in her pocket arrived in New York only for the record label to say sorry there's been a misunderstanding you don't actually have a record contract and so the movie kicks off there and it follows her story 
through from that moment, kind of like living with no money in New York, all the way through to becoming this global superstar, the first Australian to win a Grammy Award, which I didn't know until I watched the movie, her really infamous Grammy speech. It's got this amazing cast. So Evan Peters from American Horror Story plays her husband and manager, Jeff Wald, and Daniel McDonald, who people would know from movies like Dumpling and Bird Box, plays music journalist Lillian Roxon as kind of her like intro to feminism. But it's a really fun movie in terms of like the musical scenes are amazing. The costumes and the sets are all this kind of swinging 70s vibe. And it really kind of goes into how Helen Reddy's music really changed a generation. And Claire, you know me, I'm not a sappy person. I have a heart of stone. But in the last couple of like scenes of the movie where you really see where the music kind of comes into play and you see how her music has changed the world, I got really teary and oh quite gosh. goosebumpy. It was a lot. And then because I interviewed Anji Moon, who's the director of the movie, and she said that when she showed the movie to Helen Reddy, she was so nervous because you know, her life story was all of a sudden now up on screen and she said Helen burst into tears and her whole family didn't everyone watching because they realised not just the effect that she'd had on the world but how far we actually have to go. So there's obviously that heavy side to it but also it's just really entertaining, kind of one of those, you know, if you if you like any kind of music biography movies that show this really rise to stardom and how intense the whole Hollywood scene can be, I would watch I Am Woman. It's just, it's an amazing Australian movie. And isn't it the first time that that story has been brought to screen? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's never been told in movie form or TV show or documentary. It's kind of just this untold story. So the first time that the life of this amazing Australian woman who we somehow don't know much about has been brought to screen. So that's really interesting as well. Thank you for listening to The Spill today. And while you're listening, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can get in touch with us by emailing us at thespill at mummia.com.au. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rachel Hart. We'll see you on mummia.com.au. Bye. Bye.